Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backyield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we are talking all about the Olympics. Well, not really all about the Olympics. We're not doing any long jump analysis on today's show. Maybe we'll get to that at some point down the line. No, we're talking about the U.S. men's national team heading to the Olympics and getting their prep underway earlier this week with a match against Mexico. We'll talk about that game, which wasn't streamed, but Backfield was there. I was in attendance at Phoenix Rising Stadium last night. I got lots of news and notes on that game that you can check out on Backheel.com. We'll dive into some of those takeaways on this episode, but also zoom out and look big picture at the squad that's in camp right now in Phoenix, which I imagine will have a lot of names that are at the Olympics next summer for the United States. We'll talk about the purpose of this whole thing at all and get into a couple of other things along the way. So we'll get to all that in just 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheel Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk Olympics. Right off the bat, I want to talk through a little bit of my experience at the United States U23's clash with Mexico last night. The game was not streamed. There were a few different issues with that. But Tuesday's match between the U.S. and Japan will be streamed by U.S. soccer. So the game wasn't streamed, and people online had asked me if I would be able to live tweet through this thing. So that's exactly what I did. I live tweeted this game. It's been a while since I've live tweeted anything because I don't feel like that's super useful when... Other people can just watch the game, but they couldn't. They couldn't watch the game last night. But not only did I live tweet this thing, I also live threadsed it, and I live blue skied it. Um, my fingers, I'm feeling it today, guys. Not really. But, you know, my fingers were moving quick yesterday. They were moving at light speed to try and keep folks updated on this game because even though the Olympics is not at the level of the Copa America, which will take place next summer, that tournament will be coached by Greg Baralter from the U.S. perspective. That tournament will be with all of the U.S.'s top top players, at least as we know right now. Florin Balogun is Olympic eligible. I'd be shocked if he was at the Olympics. All signs point to him being with Baralter's team at the Copa America. The same goes for Yunus Musa. The same goes for Pepe, goes for Gio Reyna. You can run through the list of U23 players. Right now, the expectation is that those guys are going to be with the first choice group, with the full national team head coach, and not with the U23s in Paris, coached by Marko Mitrovic. Now, that presents an opportunity. It presents an opportunity for not just Marko Mitrovic to coach at the biggest stage of his career, but for young players who, yeah, maybe aren't quite ready for the full group, but who are ready to get international tournament experience, who are ready to push towards that first and full group of players. Paxton Aronson is in this U23 squad. He came off the bench against Mexico last night. Taylor Booth started on the left wing for the United States last night and looked very, very good. You've got players like John Tolkien and Brian Reynolds and Caleb Wiley in the fullback spots here. You've got players like Chris Brady in goal, who did not play last night. It was Patrick Schulte, the Columbus Crew starting goalkeeper. But there's so many of these players that are, are on the fringes or a couple of stages back from the fringes, but many who have had full national team caps before. Several of those players that I just mentioned, Aronson, Tolkien, Reynolds, Wiley, I mean, you can, you can run through a number of those guys. They've done this before. Taylor Booth, like they've done this before with the full group, but need a little bit of a push to actually get there. And the Olympics could help provide that. It's going to be tournament experience for those players. It's going to be more data and more information for Berhalter as he goes about trying to plot out the depth in his 2026 World Cup squad. Because we talked about it earlier this week, 
the first choice guys largely, not that they're unbeatable, not that they can't be passed over in the depth chart, but the first choice guys are largely known. It's unlikely that anyone is going to take Valor and Balogun's spot. It's unlikely that anyone is going to take Christian Pulisic's spot or West. I mean, you can run through that list too, right? That's not the most likely outcome here. So with that in mind, Greg Berhalter is trying to fill out the depth. Like, who are the guys that he wants to bring with him? Or who are the guys that he thinks can actually challenge some of those first choice guys? That is a major part of this cycle for the United States men's national team. And the Olympics, the U.S. men's first since 2008, fits really, really well in that framework. It's going to be another opportunity for everybody to learn more, for players to learn more, for the U.S. men's national team's coaching staff to learn more, all of those things. So that's the value of the Olympics. That is why this is an important opportunity for the U.S. Would it have been an absolute disaster if they hadn't qualified? No, right? The Olympics place in the international soccer calendar and the landscape is lower now than it was a long time ago. And it's certainly lower on the men's side than it is on the women's national team side. But for the U.S., it is a good and valuable opportunity nonetheless. So the United States pushed towards that goal of doing well and having good opportunities in Paris. They started that off with a training camp in Phoenix, and that's where this group is right now, over on the other side of town from where I am recording this very episode, coached by Marko Mitrovic. I mentioned some of the players that are in the squad. I'm not going to go through the full squad, but there are a couple of names that I think are worth mentioning. One is Esmir Baraktarovic, who came off the bench for Taylor Booth in the first half. Booth is on a minutes restriction. The 18-year-old New England Revolution winger was really, really bright. I've seen him play before, MLS Next Pro, MLS as well. This is my first time ever watching him in person. I don't know if he's all the way there yet in terms of his development, just 18 years old. But man, he is forward-thinking. He's clever on the ball. He's crafty after the game. We're asking him, you know, what is your preferred position? Do you want to be wide? Do you want to be central? He said, well, if I'm wide, I get to dribble. And if I'm central, I get to be in the half spaces. So I like both of those things. He's somebody who wants to be on the ball. He's somebody who wants to help push the game forward. And he has the skill in possession to actually do that in a meaningful way. He scores a banger in the first half last night to give the U.S. a 1-0 lead over Mexico right before halftime. A lovely goal from outside the box. If you go search for it on Twitter, you will find it. It's one of the few moments from this game that has made its way onto some sort of digital film and onto the internet. It's a lovely strike from Esme Baraktarovic, somebody that I am curious to see more of for this group moving forward. You know, this is the, kind of the fun part about this Olympic squad. There are so many things up in the air. Could an 18-year-old come in and snag a spot in Paris? Absolutely. Why not, right? I think that is potentially hugely valuable. One other player I want to get to who stood out in a positive way, somebody I'd never seen play before, Maximilian Dietz. Now, if you don't know that name, don't worry. He's not somebody who's been on the senior men's national team radar all that much before, 21 years old, plays for Greuther Firth in the German second tier. He's playing regularly for them right now at center back in that second Bundesliga. I thought he was good in this game against Mexico, playing as the right-sided center back in a back four, what was a 4-3-3 shape, which looked a lot like what we've expected and come to expect to see from the senior team under Greg Berhalter. Dietz is right-footed, pretty comfortable on the ball, likes to stride forward into midfield, likes to break lines very clearly, had a number of really clean, crisp forward passing moments in this game. I don't know how easily his skill set is going to translate to a higher level and a better opponent. It looked like things were still moving maybe a little quickly for Dietz at times, and, and that same idea goes for different portions of this U.S. squad. But he's somebody that I want to see more of, because Let's think about it. The center back depth chart for the U.S. at this U23 age group 
is not an expansive one. You think Jalen Newell will be a regular player when he's back from injury, currently out with the LA Galaxy. He is likely to be a starter for this team. But then, yeah, there's a few other names here and there. Dietz is in that list. But you start to think a little bit more about maybe the center back spot is where one of those overage players is used by head coach Marko Mitrovic and, and Greg Baralter and the rest of U.S. soccer as they try to sort out, ultimately, that Olympic squad ahead of next summer. So Dietz is certainly one I'll be watching more. Hopefully he gets another look on Tuesday against Japan, but that game will be another opportunity to evaluate these players for the coaching staff and, and now finally for us as a general public as that game is streamed by U.S. Soccer. So plenty more to get to from this opener for the U.S. as they continue to stride towards those Paris Olympics. You can read much, much, much more about this game over on backheel.com, and you can read a bunch of other stuff too. We've got some NWSL stuff cooking. We've got MLS. We've got all sorts of stuff up on the site right now. Go check it out for now. That's all we've got on today's show. We'll be back again next week with more American soccer coverage for now. We'll talk to you soon.